It's time to check your money with America's Money Maven, Vicki Brackens. Vicki Brackens is the president of Brackens Financial Solutions Network, LLC, and a registered representative of LPL Financial member, SIPC. Vicki, what's up, baby? Well, George, we are continuing our, our conversation this week around uh, what's happening in the banking industry. But before I go into that, First thing, everybody, you need to go and hit that thumbs up and like, share, and subscribe because we are uh, continuing not only great conversation around what's happening with the national economy, but the things that you need to do to prepare for any changes that may be ahead of us. All right, George, so I'm going to go back and, and sort of uh, dovetail. Vicky. What? Now, do I have to remind you, my yes, sister? You Okay. What day this is? Oh, George, come on, Vicky. What day this is, is it? Today is the two hundredth episode anniversary for us for America's Money Maven being featured on Inspiration for the Nation. Two hundred episodes. Can you believe it? All right. This Let is me hear, amazing. I'm gonna get a drum roll or a. I, I, I'm or giving something? you some applause, baby. I'm giving you some okay. applause. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Listen, I cannot believe that. Okay. 200 episodes, and uh, it's been such a joy uh, to to really oh. learn and and partner with you over these past a uh, few years, uh, years and 200 episodes. Learned so much, and today is a day I'm going to learn a little bit more. But congratulations to us. Yes. Hit that thumbs up and like for, and share for the 200 episodes. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, we, should put our, we, we should put our cash app in there too, so just in case y'all want to <laughs> holler at them. Anyway, go ahead, Vicky. So, so well, Vicky, I, this I is say the, this. You can go onto the YouTube channel and, and go back into any of the information that you would, would have possibly missed over this 200 episodes because we're going to... I'll reference some of that today. So anyway, George, um, what I want to do on? is to go back into our conversation from last week that we started mm -hmm. concerning what happened with Signature Bank mm -hmm. and what happened with uh, Silicon Valley Bank and bring out one particular segment or element within that, um, that uh, entire sphere for us to look at more closely because it directly relates to what we're going to talk about today. So if you recall, we talked about the fact that there was a run on the bank. Yep. There was a run on the bank, meaning everybody rushed to the bank and said, give me my money. Mm -hmm. There was a run on the bank because there was a concern that the bank liquidity was less than what everyone believed. And they were concerned that if the bank liquidity was less than what they uh, what everyone believed, that if they didn't take their money out, there would be no money for them to, to take out. And what I mean by that is the depositors. So the fact that they had bonds, individual bond securities concerning treasury notes, their treasury bonds, treasury notes, okay, there that were backing the, backing the deposits, but because of rising interest rates, the actual value of those bonds had dropped. Uh, it meant that when everyone rushed to the bank and they were forced to sell securities to meet the depositors' needs, it caused insolvency. But there was something that should have happened before all of this started to unwind. And that's called stress testing. Mm -hmm. Now, stress testing for a bank, which right now 
Banks of the size of $250 billion or more are required to do stress testing. In this case, Silicon um, Valley Bank and Signature Bank didn't meet the requirement that forces them to do uh, stress testing because during the, we're going to tail back here, George, during the financial crisis, when we came uh, after the financial crisis, which was back in 2007, 2008, um, there was new legislation after the financial crisis that required everyone to do this. That stress testing requirement was lifted. Mm -hmm. It was lifted for midsize, what they call midsize banks or regional banks back in the Trump administration. Surprise. When that, uh, well, don't, I'm not going to go there. I'm just telling you. I know you you're facts. not going to go there. I okay. did. <laughs> okay, okay. It was lifted. And so regional and midsize banks were no longer no longer required to do this. If that requirement was still in place, there would have been a red flag that, that took place that came up concerning these, these particular two banks so that uh, remedial action could have been taken to possibly, no guarantee, to possibly avoid this uh, happening. So what is stress testing? Stress testing is basically running scenarios based on different types of inputs or different situations within the economy what to if? see how, mm -hmm. what if, if something happened, what would be the, the resulting impact to the bank? So scenario testing, stress testing to real in a simple form, uh, as far as the explanation, to see what would happen in the what if um, categories. And it's not just one what if, it's hundreds of different what ifs. In fact, in financial planning, we do this all the time. Uh, it's uh, through a simulation model when we look at individuals' finances to see if something happened. What if, uh, you know, for example, what if you had to retire early? What would your the impact be to your finances? Same thing uh, that's happening here. So stress testing did not take place, bottom line. When the stress testing did not take place, then some of the red flags that would have been there were not were not seen. And so the remedial actions necessary to avoid this type of uh, degrading of the bond positions and the liquidity was not picked up. Uh, so what does that tell us as far as our individual, uh, our individual finances, though, George? What do you think that tells us? That tells us that we better we better think about doing some stress testing. There you go. Okay. All right then. I'm I'm saying to everyone. This is the time, and we've done this before. If you go back and look at many of the past segments, I've, I've mentioned this over and over and over again. Look at what your liquidity positions are. Look at what would happen if, if, if or what if, what would happen if I lost my job? Am I in a position where I have enough liquidity behind me uh, to weather a storm? This is the time for everyone to do some stress testing of their own households. You're about, about to say to me, George, right? I was going to say, as I'm listening to you, there's a rule of thumb, right, about how much mortgage payments you should have in the Correct. bank and how okay. much, you know, your gas and lights you should have. Uh, was it nine months or six months? Okay, okay, now, in normal, what I call normal circumstances where we have um, the normal type of economic activity, I usually say six months. But we may be entering a point of what I would call not as normal as, as past because we have been in a position 
for the last, what, year that the Federal Reserve has been fighting inflation. So we've got two things going on here, okay, uh, as far as our liquidity issues and trying to fight inflation. With what's happened, particularly this week, because we had another raise in interest rates, another quarter point, the Federal Reserve is rock solid in their commitment to fight inflation. Knowing that, what their, their number one objective is, is to make sure that we can slow down the economy. If we slow down the economy to fight inflation, more and more we are starting to believe, starting to see that economic activity is slowing down. That's a good thing as far as inflation is concerned. But when economic activity slows down, it means that the possibility of recession increases. And that is why I'm saying that this may not be the normal circumstance of a six month liquidity. It might be advantageous. In fact, I'm saying not might, it is advantageous for you at this point in time to start looking at how would I handle my, my uh, basic financial needs, my basic expenses over a nine month period. Nine months, okay. Dress test your own finances right now and run a scenario like this. Tomorrow, my employer is going to call me and say, I love you, but we can no longer afford you. I'm sorry, but you have this is your two week notice. And that's real, right? Because look at what Facebook, Google, they're all doing it. They're doing it. Okay. So run a scenario right now and say, what would I do? How much, how would I pay my, do I have the resources to float myself for another nine months on your basic expenses? And that would be Vicki, irrespective of any potential severance or anything exactly. like that. This okay. is your own without any of that. Your okay. own cash, your right. own liquidity. Right. Okay, right. Because we right. don't know what the severance package may look like. Right, right. We don't know if it's only going to be for a short period of time or or a furlough where you you know you're working part time. So pretend, do the stress test, look at your particular situation, and say how would I handle? What if? What would happen to me and my family if we needed to actually use our own cash to float our basic expenses: lights, gas, food, your insurances. Your car you, payments. You, your car payments. What would happen if Mortgage, that happened rent. for nine months? How would I handle it? And if you don't have the nine-month liquidity position in place, get ready. This is the time to tighten your belts, get leaner, really pay attention to your, your bottom line, and get more nimble. Mm. We need to do this. And, and here's the thing I've said over and over, George. If the recession doesn't come and you've put away nine months of liquidity, are you hurt? No. No. Okay. Because okay? we wanted you to save anyway. Okay. But right. You, okay, so you've been talking this, for years about increasing our cash position, increasing your cash. But right now, because of the um, pending. And I'm not guaranteeing there's going to be a recession. They didn't call me and tell me this, but we can see how economic activity is starting to slow down. And and you've and, talked and, about that too. All right. So so Vicky, you, you yeah. mentioned that the um you mentioned that the Fed's 
raised uh, interest rates this week. And we've also heard you say on this program that it's done to curb inflation, right? Yes. And so my basic question is explain to people why the Fed is making it harder for you to get a mortgage or making that auto loan rate go up just a little bit or that credit card rate go up just a little bit, meaning that it may be a little bit harder for you to get credit. You're going to get it, but it's going to be, it's going to cost you more. Why would the Fed want to do that? Um, the, you know, the, the number one, well, the, the Federal Reserve has basically two mandates, full employment and to curb inflation. They set a target of 2% inflation some time ago as being their target that they are always aiming for. Why do they want to do this? If we have runaway pricing that has no end in sight, Meaning goods the and cost value, of goods and services going cost up. Cost of goods keep going up and, and up and up. Salaries and up and are not keeping up. pace with that. Yes. Okay. Okay. If that happens, then our ability to keep up with pricing will at will at some point in time choke off the economy in total. So they have to to stop and look at how can we bring pricing back in, into uh, control. They don't want to necessarily. I don't know how. Well, I'm going to say it. People are going to know how old I am. Uh, when when Ford was president, remember that? George? I do I remember know. that. Okay, when Ford was president. And One-term we had president. <laughs> price, price uh, what they call price fixing, where mm-hmm. you couldn't charge more than, than a certain uh, amount. Uh, we don't want to get back into those you know, 18, 19% uh, interest rates that we were living through during that time frame. So the, the, the process is basically this. If we raise interest rates, the ability to receive credit decreases. When mm-hmm. the ab- ability to receive credit as far as buying a home, uh, not because we're saying you can't have it, but the ability to qualify for it, to carry the carrying costs decreases. So fewer people are buying homes. I'm going to use this only in this example. If fewer people are buying homes, then uh, then the construction industry itself will mm-hmm. no longer have a robust construction industry and supplies from construction will not be bought and manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera. And then from there, fewer people are actually going out and shopping because they have less money. Mm-hmm. If there, if fewer people are going out and, and, and there are fewer people going out shopping, the goods that are on the shelf will not get sold. The only way that the, uh, the uh, merchant is going to incent you to buy is to lower the price because there are fewer people out shopping. As they start to lower the pricing of goods and services, inflation drops. And it's a cycle that we're always working through as far as trying to keep an equilibrium between the price of goods and services versus the, uh, versus the amount of cash that's in the system. When we have a lot of cash in the system, we just keep spending, 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 spending. Price keep going, keeps going up, 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 and up. You were about to ask me something, George, before I well, go. I was thinking at the same time, then the feds at some point, they then begin to lower rates to, to, to stimulate, to stimulate the economy. So okay, to stimulate. We, so it's always a, a seesaw. Okay? Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Especially during COVID. Right. Because we were really not spending because there wasn't hardly the okay, supply we chain. We weren't spending because we weren't 
you know, right, supply supply chain issues and so forth. But there was a lot of cash in the system. Yeah. And okay. and and so that cash actually started to track to chase fewer goods and services because nothing could be manufactured. Right. During that time period. And so pricing started to increase. So what I, what I'm really um, hoping that everyone hears, though, is this. The possibility of inflation is, excuse me, the possibility of a recession is increasing. Vicky is not saying it's going to happen for sure, but the, the, the statistics are starting to lean in that direction. You need to run scenarios on your own household finances. What would happen if I couldn't, my job ended tomorrow? What would happen mm. if, okay, both of us, if there's two incomes in the household, okay, we, we didn't have income coming in. How can we create a tighter, leaner budget, tighter, leaner? I'm just going to stop using budget expenses. Mm -hmm. If you look at what your expenses are and see where you can trim. For example, if you got 12 streaming services, do you really need 12? Okay. Right. Right. Okay. If you're going out to eat and spending, you know, 15, $20,000 a year on out outside. Eating How much plus a year? Fifteen or twenty thousand dollars, or ten or fifteen thousand. Okay? Right. Let's learn to cook. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's Vicky, learn, let's to, learn cook. to cook. No, I'm, I'm playing with you. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Practice, practice, practice. What if, yeah. in a real solid, strategic way, not just rolling it around in your brain, actually walk through to see what would happen. Okay, George. This has been a a, a very robust conversation. Thank you again for. Congratulations on the 200th episode for doing all that you've done for, for America's Money Maven over this last 200 episodes. Everyone who has any questions, feel free to give us a call at 315-930-4499. Like, subscribe, and share. And we'll say at this point, George, our plate is definitely full. All right. That's Vicki Brackens. Vicki Brackens is the president of Brackens Financial Solutions Network, LLC and the registered representative of LPL Financial Member SIPC. She is America's Money Maven, 200 episodes strong. <laughs>